the Links and Locks podcast. Better than most. Better than most. Better than most. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. What's up, everybody, and welcome once again to the Links and Locks podcast. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet. He is Len Hochberg from RotoWire, and we are about to break down everything DFS for this week's Genesis Invitational at venerable, iconic Riviera Country Club, where, Len, you will be throughout this week. So I'm going to tell you, I was in Phoenix last week. They are two completely different courses, completely different environments. But I love them both. It's like having two kids who are totally different and and loving both your kids. So I am jealous of you being at Riviera this week. Riviera is my favorite. I haven't been to Phoenix, although I texted a buddy over the weekend. I said, we should go to Phoenix next year, even if just uh, as a fan, just for one day. I'm greatly looking forward to it. I didn't get to go last year. It was very limited with the pandemic, but really been going for 20 years and it's great fun. So let's dive into this week's Genesis Invitational. And oh boy, do we have a field this week. My buddy Justin Ray from the 21st group tweeted earlier this week that this is the first event that isn't a major championship, a WGC, the players or a playoff event, first PGA Tour event that is not any of those things with the top 10 in the world all in attendance since 2007. That's 15 years. Doesn't happen very often. So all of those top 10 players in the field this week, it's got sort of a early season major championship feel to it. And for DFS purposes, when we look at DraftKings, okay, John Rahm, top of the board, as he almost always is, at least for now, he is at 11,300. Then we work our way down to Patrick Cantlay at 11,000, Justin Thomas, 10-7, Colin Morikawa, 10-4, and Dustin Johnson, 10-2. Len, I'm looking at these guys, and it's really hard to separate one through five at the top of the board right here because you can find pros and cons for each one of them. Does one or maybe two or three stand out more than others? They do. The two that I like the best are the top two, John Rahm and uh, Patrick Cantley. John Rahm, 11-3, a little bit more of a favorable price than last week. He, you know, again, ho-hum, tied for 10th last week, never in the conversation, hardly on TV on Sunday, and he tied for 10th. He's really been putting very poorly. I kind of think that everybody puts poorly at Riviera. It's mm-hmm. the POA, it's the bumpiness. I mean, we're seeing it all over Twitter now, really inside of 10 feet, one of the worst putting statistics on any course anywhere. If everyone else is going to come down a notch with putting, we know the rest of his game is really strong. And Patrick Cantlay, he's John Rom-like, and every week he's right there. And he's a UCLA guy. He's probably played Riviera maybe more than anyone else in the field through the years. So I like him. Dustin Johnson, maybe I'm blasphemous. He really has not been that Dustin Johnson-like the past almost a year. Still winless since the 2020 Masters. Dropped all the way to sixth in the world, which is way down for him. It'll be a real litmus test for me to see how he does this week. Yeah, I tend to agree with you on a few of those. Rahm is a guy that I envision being underweight on this week. And granted, he's the most expensive player on the board. For me to pay up for John Rahm right now, I've really got to think it's one of his big courses. Like, I think it's a big week for him. I just, again, not to belittle a top 10. I spoke with his caddy, Adam Hayes, last week after an open round Four under 67. I walked up to Adam. I said, wow, you guys played well today. He kind of looked at me and goes, not really. So, hmm. well, must be nice when 
your player is a guy who can shoot 67. You can look at it yeah. afterwards and go, yeah, that wasn't very good. We could do a lot better than that. That's the case. He's not being pompous or arrogant or anything like that. That really is the case for John Rahm right now. So I right. like the guys after him. I know you had Patrick Cantley as your winner last week. My condolences on that one, Len. You came <laughs> really, really close. I was not on Cantley last week, and that's uncommon for me because I always like Patrick Cantley. I'm very much back on him. This is a place where I've targeted him in the past, and I've planned to target him this week. He's my favorite outright bet on the board, and yes, I like him very much in DFS this week. You look at what he's done over his last four starts, like you said, a second, a ninth, a fourth, and a ninth, and four starts so far in 2022, and yet it doesn't feel like he's been firing on all cylinders yet. I mean, you look at what he did just this past week. Okay, he was great on Sunday, T to green, but for the week, he was only 27th in strokes gained on approach shots. But when he started playing better in that final round, when the ball striking came around, his putting ranked 55th out of those 67 players who were playing on the weekend. So it just hasn't quite all been there for Cantlay. I know some people look at that as a negative. If he could have put it all together, he'd have a couple of wins already this year. I almost look at it as a positive, at least for prognostication purposes, moving forward, Len, because we can say, boy, Patrick Cantlay's got his B game so far, very much like John Rahm. And exactly. yet he's coming very close. So I think that's a good sign. JT, I, I don't know what to do with JT at this point. JT is going to, at some point, explode and win by 17 shots. I mean, I can only imagine how much he's burning inside to go and have a serious title contention at some point. And then Morikawa, I like him. DJ, I like him. I get what you're saying about the recent form not quite being there. It's almost a full year since Dustin Johnson has finished in the top five at any event. That's crazy to me. But again, the history on this golf course, he's finished inside the top 10 in all but one of his starts here over the past decade. So obviously a good course for DJ as well. I'm with you on all of that. Justin Thomas is really fascinating. On top of his game, we now have the connection with Bones Mackay and the, the new super group of golf. And a lot of people expected this to take Justin Thomas to the next level. Not that he had many more levels to go up. But I'm wondering if internally, if they're wondering what is up, because I'm sure they expected really big things themselves. I don't know the complete ins and outs of a caddy with a golfer, but I would expect that the learning curve, especially they, since they knew each other a little bit, that the learning curve should not take that long. Yeah, he's coming up on a year since winning too at the players. Yeah, I think it's less about that relationship and more about like there's just something holding back JT. Either it's one round or one nine hole stretch every event or one thing, the putter really wasn't very good this past week. There's just one thing holding him back a little bit. I want to get into the guys. I guess we'll call them second tier, although there's really not much <laughs> separating the $9,000 players from the guys in the 10,000 range, but we've got Xander Shoffley at 9,900, Rory at 9,700, Victor Hovland, 94, Hideki Matsuyama, 93, Scotty Scheffler fresh off that victory last week at 92, and Cam Smith at 91. I will tell you, Len, not that I dislike any of these players, but on my list here, I've only got one player written down in the 9,000s, and he's the cheapest of the bunch, Cameron Smith, who's got a nice track record at Riviera. He was, I believe, fourth place last year. The ball striking's been fantastic. He's a guy that can get up and down from anywhere. He's a guy I really like this week. Other than that, can I see a Rory McIlroy winning this week? Sure, Rory can win any given week. It's just I have 
a tough time paying up for any of the other five players. What are you looking at here? I'm with you on Cam Smith, but it's funny as you was listing the names, I'm going, I like that guy. I like that guy. I like that guy. I didn't realize I liked so many in the nines, but I do, which will help us later if we want to go deep into the sixes to Mm -hmm. fill out our lineup. Xander Shoffley, again, uh, talking to a buddy who had Shoffley in the one and done pool. It's just maddening to watch him play. He's so close so often. And as I snarkily tweeted out that the good thing for Shoffley is there's no water on Riviera this week. Uh, So, yeah, yeah. I had him last year when he went in the water on 17 and then he went in the water twice this year. But really, he should do great at this track. His putting was not good last week. But again, as we talked about earlier in the pod, that I think everyone's putting numbers will come down a little bit. Rory McIlroy has been great since winning at the CJ Cup. The thing about him at 97, $9,700 for Rory, something invariably goes wrong many weeks with Rory. I think at 97, you might be able to withstand that. You don't necessarily need him to win to make 9700 come true. And Victor Hovland, uh, you know, I was a little nervous about Victor Hovland last week because he really was stepping up in class from his three victories And he didn't deliver, but he was fifth last year in his first time at Riviera. And we know how important the course knowledge and the course history is. So I'm thinking he could really pop this week, too. Yeah, Hovland's guy that scares me about being underweight on the fact that both in the betting markets, he's he opened at 25 to one. I mean, he was everyone's darling just a couple of weeks ago, and everyone thought Victor was going to win 10 events this year. And all of a sudden, he misses the cut one week in Phoenix, and we're dropping him down. I, I guess we should take advantage of the discount. 9400 here really does seem like a nice price. But again, I'm either going big or I'm going sort of midsize this week. I've got four names written down here in the 8,000s. I won't go through everything. I can certainly see Spieth at the top of this list, 8,900. Will Zalatoris, I do like at 8,800, although coming off COVID, you never know quite how it affected him. I like to take a wait-and-see attitude towards those guys a little bit. Sam Burns, my usual guy that I go to on a frequent basis, he's missed two cuts in a row. He's at 8,700, but again, another guy played really well, third place last year. Four guys that I have written down. Sung J.M. at 8,600. Coming off two weeks off, which he never does, especially when they're playing events. Maybe around Christmas time, he might do that. But Sungjae at 86, Adam Scott at 8,200. Seems like he's pretty mediocre the rest of the year and then shows up at Riv and tends to play some of his better golf. Matt Fitzpatrick might be my favorite play pound for pound on the board this week. 8,100. I was sorry to see him in the betting markets at around 35 to 1. I was hoping for something closer to 45 or 50 to 1, but I'll still take it. A little bit on some outrights and some props in the betting market, but in DFS, love Matt Fitzpatrick this week. And then Taylor Gooch, who played really well until Sunday this past week in Phoenix. He is at 8,000. Len, where are you looking in the 8,000s? Will Zalatoris is a name for me, 8,800. You know, I have the same concern with you with COVID. We see some guys, we don't know whether he just tested positive and was asymptomatic and was fine, or if he had some sniffles. That's a bit of a risky play, but he was 15th last year. This is a good track for him. The long, hard courses, he seems to really do his best work at. Max Homa, it's tough to go back to a defending champion because it's hard to win two in a row because it's hard to win one in a row. 
but you really see the progression in him as a local guy. He missed the cut the first two times he played it, but then he was fifth and then he won. I got a little help from Sam Burns last year. He wins at these uh, tough tracks. He's not as automatic on a week in and week out basis as some other guys. He has some clunkers in there. That's a concern for me with Max Homa, but his upside is really strong. And I do like Fitzpatrick too, at, you know, certainly at the price at 8,100. Yeah. Fitzpatrick, the thing I like about him, and I want to expand on it a little bit is that he tends to play his best golf. Admittedly, he has said this in the past at courses that are tougher, where scoring conditions, you don't have to go as low as we've seen in some other events so far this year. So last year he shot seven under for the four rounds, finished in fifth place. That's a Matt Fitzpatrick kind of, golf course kind of set up and also he's played two events so far this year a sixth place and a tenth place so far so he's coming in with some good form all right going down to the seven thousands len i'm just gonna reel off a whole bunch of names because there are actually a lot of guys now granted for the price there are a lot of guys not like i like these guys more than i like the guys in the ten thousands just based on talent level but you obviously for the price there are a whole bunch of guys in the 7,000s that I like, especially the low 7,000s. I'm going to cruise through them really quick, but Joaquin Neiman is at the top of that list at 7,800. I know he doesn't have great history on this golf course, three starts, nothing inside the top 40, but he didn't have great history at Torrey Pines either for the Farmers Insurance Open and came in and finished sixth a few weeks ago at that one. So I do think that there is some correlation there. Alex Norin coming off a really good week. Thomas Peters who has a lot of history at Riviera. Sahith Figala, we all watched him over this past weekend, and it might be tough to replicate what he did in Phoenix, but this is where he played his first PGA Tour event five years ago when he was still an amateur at Pepperdine. I think this could be a nice week for him. In fact, I've been targeting him more for here than Phoenix, very much like Cantley, and both of them showed up a week too early. Cameron Tringali, Corey Connors, Mav McNeely, Keegan Bradley, Eric Van Royen, I do like a lot. And same with Francesco Molinari, the Riviera member. That's a lot of names in the 7,000s. I think I might have left one or two guys out there, but who are you looking at in this range? Should have mentioned it even earlier that you have been on the gala for a number of weeks now. And you were saying, you know, that he was coming. Watch out. He was coming. Good on you on the gala. Really one of the top guys for me. I love Mark Leishman at 7,900 and was very Mm. pleased to see a seven in front of his name and not an eight, even though it is the high sevens. You know, he's done well here. He has a couple of top fives through the years. I think he's played pretty well since the start of the season. He played really well at Torrey Pines, again, with the Kukuya grass, which we haven't even mentioned yet. Uh, he was 16th at Torrey Pines. So, and he's 60 to one on the betting market. I, I like him a lot. Alex Noren, as you mentioned, he was so quietly good last year. Just missed the tour championship. Yeah. My goodness. 33rd. He was right there. And he's played well last week. Thomas Peters, I think there's a lot of upside at that price at $7,400. I like Mackenzie Hughes. We know that the greens are going to be missed this week. The greens and regulation numbers are so low at Riviera. And then you're going to have to have a wedge game. You're going to have to make some putts. He's really good with both clubs in his hand, fourth in putting, and also very good putting inside of 10 feet, which is a key thing to look at this week. He's only $7,100. All right, let's dip down real quick to these 6,000 guys. If you're looking to play a Rom, a Cantlay, a JT, Morkow, a DJ, if you're looking for one or maybe even two of these guys in your lineup, at some point you're going to have to 
find some value and save some money this week. Any guys lower price that you're looking at, Len, that you like this week? <sighs> oh, you know, uh, well, yes, actually, yes. But what I'm about to say, you'll know why I'm gasping here because I'm about to utter the name Ricky Fowler. And wow. I know, I know. As I say that, I envision Lucy yanking the football away from Charlie Brown just <laughs> when you're sure he's going to kick it. Great but analogy. First of all, he's missed a few cuts. His numbers outside of putting are pretty good, but his putting 205th in strokes game putting. I mean, maybe not everyone knows there are actually 205 guys to rank. Spoke with his caddy, Joe Scovran last week. I think it was before the first round. I was talking to him about Ricky's game. I said, you know, he's, is he feeling good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's healthy. I said, you know, any sort of, you know, lingering stuff with, you know, Hey, I'm trying to balance fatherhood, new baby at home, playing golf, practicing. So no, no, he's got, you know, he's got it all kind of taken care of. I said, is he, you know, not hit it that well? He said, no, actually the ball striking is pretty good. He said, the putter needs to come around. Ricky was playing his best golf. He was one of the best putters out here. He's just not making a whole lot of putts right now. He needs to start rolling in putts, getting some confidence with the flat stick. That said, 6,600 for Ricky, who needed a sponsor exemption to get into the Genesis this week. I mean, if you're ever going to take them, this feels like a good place to take them. Only 120 players in the field, so you're going to have a higher percentage making the cut this week. I mean, you take a shot on Ricky in his home state at such a low price. I mean, uh, Ricky Fowler is cheaper in DFS this week on DraftKings than Cameron Young, Taylor Moore, Pat Perez. I, really? It's Ricky Fowler. And he's 200 to 1 on the DraftKings board, which he is behind the next guy who I was going to mention, Patrick Rogers, who's 180 to 1 on the draft. Mm -hmm. I mean, without disparaging Patrick Rogers, come on. Patrick Rogers is at 6,500. He has not had a great season, but he makes the cut five in a row here at Riviera. He's way down at 65. The guys I'm finding in the sixes are not the six nine, six eight, six sevens. I'm going down mid-range. And as you said, more than half the field is going to make the cut. He has done well at this course, 12th last year, nothing worse than 30th in the past five years. I mean, we're, this is not the smallest sample size for one course anymore. Wyndham Clark also at 6,500. He's played this twice before, eighth last year, 17th the year before. Wyndham Clark, what fascinates me about him is that he is one of the absolute longest hitters, seventh in driving distance, yet one of the best putters, 22nd yep. in putting. There aren't too many guys like that. Now, we should hide our eyes for everything in between the driver and the putter, but maybe that will get him through the weekend and what has gotten him through the weekend here. Completely agree on Wyndham Clark. At some point, this guy is going to jump out, maybe not be a superstar, but on weeks when the irons are just average and he's driving it better than most other players and he's putting it better than most other players. If you just hit the green, sometimes you're going to be up there on the leaderboard. So I do think Wyndham Clark has a lot of upside. Patrick Rogers is a pretty good call too. I just wrote his name down on my sheet as well, because he's a guy that's transplanted to Los Angeles, to the area. So he should have some good vibes in a adopted hometown event. All right. I've got four other guys in the 6,000s here. The first two, I don't know how much I like them, but I've liked them in previous weeks and I really don't want to jump off and I don't want to miss it because I like them long-term as well. Aaron Wise at 6,700 and Mito Pereira at 6,600. Both of them have made me a little skeptical in recent weeks, but they're both guys that I think are really talented, really good players. I think it's a great discount this week. It's basically priced off of the fact that they have missed a few cuts recently, but I do think 
hey, if this is a week that they can turn it around, then that's uh, excellent pricing for them. Then two other names, super cheap. Doug Gim, who played well here at, I believe, the U.S. Amateur a handful of years ago, and he was obviously still an M, played really well at Texas back then. And he's a guy that he's made eight straight cuts on the PGA Tour, tends to play his best golf in tougher scoring conditions. I don't think Doug Gim's a guy that's going to go out and make 25 birdies to win some sort of birdie fest right now. But if he has to go shoot 10 under and 10 under could be a really good score. I think that's very possible. Then I'll give you a name. Super cheap, 6,200. David Lipsky, another West Coast native who just goes out there and plays pretty good golf. This guy's won on nearly every major tour in the world except for the PGA Tour. I don't know if that's going to happen very soon, but I do think that he is a solid Good ball striker, a guy that, look, you're looking to get value from that 6,200 spot. I don't see a whole lot of other value there, but if you're paying up for a Cantlay JT uh, stack at the top and you need some guys to fill out the bottom of the roster spot, I think he can get you some value right there. So those are a whole lot of guys that we like going top to bottom on the DraftKings board this week. Len, Let's get into our ultimate lineup here. Uh, you can have the honors and go first. Where are you going with the first pick? I'm going to go back to Lucy and Charlie Brown with the football and begin with Rory McIlroy, who obviously much higher uh, level of golf these days than Ricky Fowler, but something often seems to go wrong. I mean, well, you know, he won recently. So like won like five or six tournaments ago at the CJ Cup, not a small field there. He missed the cut here last year. But last year was a weird year in a lot of ways for in so many different ways in golf and life and stuff. But he was top five the two previous years. He really is made for this course in a lot of ways. And now he's played it five or six times. He's got the course knowledge needed. 9,700. Let's go. As we know, always major upside with Rory McIlroy, perhaps more upside than just about any player out there. You just know that he's coming with a low floor as well. So we need it to be one of those weeks and Rory McIlroy is engaged and focused and ready to go play. All right, I'm going back to the guy that I said is my favorite play on the board. Matt Fitzpatrick is sixth this season in strokes gained tee to green. He is second on strokes gained on approach shots. He is 16th in strokes gained putting. And oh, by the way, if none of that convinces you, he is first just over John Rahm in strokes gain total. Now, if you're trying to think what strokes gain total means, it means he's really good. It means he does everything really well and better than everybody else out there. I get it. It's granted a small sample size, but I still think this is a great spot to target Fitzpatrick. Agreed. I think we've all been waiting for Fitzpatrick for years, and he just doesn't seem to get over the hump in the States. He keeps winning with regularity on the old uh, European DP World Tour. So clearly has the game. I mean, my favorite guy in the whole field, you mentioned him first today, Cameron Smith, $9,100. I don't know how much of a parallel there is between Riviera and Augusta, but there are some connections and guys who have played well at one track have played well at the other track, Cam Smith included. Adam Scott has won here. He's won the Masters. Bubba Watson has won multiple times at both tracks. And we didn't mention Bubba, who is almost about to crack the top 50 in the world again. Uh, he's up to number 53 in the world. Dustin Johnson has won at both places. I like Cam Smith a lot this year. He is sneaky long or not as short as we think he is. Uh, he's averaging over 300, but his short game is just really lights out. His wedge game, his putting game, he's putting from inside of 10 feet. He's second on tour. Cameron Smith at 91. Yeah, I like that play a lot. I'm on a lot of Cam Smith this week. All right, I'm going to go with a guy that just a few weeks ago 
Everyone was saying, this guy, watch out for him on the West Coast swing. He's going to do some damage. He's a California native, lives in Vegas now. And you look at it, you say, okay, well, back in Hawaii at the Sony, Matt McNeely, 27th. Played at Torrey, finished in 30th. Pebble, where the entire world was targeting him, finished a somewhat disappointing 33rd place. And you say, okay, well, maybe I'm off Matt McNeely a little bit. He withdrew prior to last week's WM Phoenix Open, but there was no sign that it was a withdrawal due to injury or illness or anything like that. I have a feeling he just said, look, get me out of Phoenix and get me to Riviera. He made his debut in this event last year and missed the cut, but that doesn't scare me off too much. It's 7,200 for a guy. We talked about Rory having a potentially low floor, but a high ceiling. Maverick McNeely, I'm still not quite sure about his ceiling. I do think he can be really, really good, but his floor is uncommonly high for a player of his status right now. And I think that no matter what, he at least shows up this week and plays some good golf. So at 7,200, I'm locking him into a bunch of lineups this week. If we ever played golf together, you'd be the guy keeping the score because I have no idea how much we have uh, left here to do. And I know you're good at that. Uh, We need birdies on the final two holes to win this thing. We are at... (laughs) 15 nine left to spend 79 50 per player i'm also very big on mark leishman i'm big on the aussies this week i've done my reading that the kukuya grass is very prominent in australia and south africa and mark leishman has done well here he's uh, been playing pretty well all season he played well at the, on the Kikuya at tory pines a few weeks back so he's 7900 i like him this week as well yeah, that's a nice play right there. We've got 8,000 left to spend, and sitting there at 8,000 is Taylor Gooch coming off a big week in Phoenix. Great ball striker, fifth place here a year ago. Everything in my head is telling me to go Taylor Gooch, and my heart is pounding saying, look below him. And I'm looking down there to 7,800, and I've just got a good feeling about Joaquin Neiman this week. Mm-hmm. I've already sprinkled a little outright on Joaquin Neiman. I've got him in some lineups already at 7,800. Like I said earlier, he does not have a great track record at Riviera, but he didn't have a great track record at Torrey Pines and finished in a share of sixth place just a few weeks ago. This guy is very, very talented. I feel like with the influx of young players, whether it's Sam Burns or Scotty Scheffler over the last handful of months to a year, we're looking at guys and say, oh, well, he's the next big thing as far as young to mid 20 something. Maybe it's him. Maybe it's this guy. And I think maybe we tend to overlook Joaquin Neiman just a little bit in that mix. Joaquin Neiman's going to be a terrific player for a long time until his back finally gives out the way he swings almost uh, parallel to the ground uh, when he's coming through the ball. But for now, as long as that back is holding up, 7,800, I'm going to put Neiman in this lineup, which is a nice, very balanced lineup. We've got Matt Fitzpatrick, Mark Leishman, Rory McIlroy, Matt McNeely, Joaquin Neiman, and Cameron Smith. Boy, we don't often on here on the pod differentiate between whether we're doing a GPP lineup or a cash game lineup, and that obviously is important for the folks out there. This feels like, even though certainly it can cash and it can win some money in GPPs, this feels like a really strong cash game lineup. I agreed. I think some of these guys are going to be pretty popular guys. We've also given people an option for the stars and not so stars uh, lineup. I like that. Not so stars is such a nice way of putting it for those guys <laughs> towards the bottom. All right. For Len Hochberg, I'm Jason Sobel. Remember, you can find the Links and Locks podcast wherever you find your favorite podcast. Download, subscribe, rate us, and of course, listen as always. Good luck with all of your DFS plays. For this week's Genesis Invitational, here's hoping you guys hit the green.